Welcome to the Mindful Life Podcast. Join me, your host, Marianne Eve, mental health social worker and mindfulness educator, as I navigate living my best life with the intention to educate and raise the collective consciousness around the benefits of living a mindful life. Each week via the Mindful Life Podcast, I will bring to you a range of content, including special guests that explore mindfulness, mindset, and mental health. Are you feeling tired or are you under stress? Are you overloaded or just generally feeling overwhelmed? Well, I'm really excited to share a very special stress reduction tool that I've been using and recommending to my clients for a number of years. Calm is the number one app for meditation, relaxation and sleep. With over 21 million downloads and achieving the Apple App of the Year in 2017, Calm is so perfectly aligned with all that I do as a mental health professional and all that I teach here at the Mindful Life Podcast. It is the perfect stress relief strategy and the perfect mindfulness tool. The app has so many fantastic and easy to use features, including Daily Calm, a brand new 10 minute meditation every day, 100 plus guided meditations covering anxiety, focus, gratitude, and so much more. 80 plus sleep stories to settle the mind and relax the body. Exclusive music tracks for focus, relaxation, and sleep. Calm Masterclass featuring world-renowned mindfulness experts. My personal favorites include sleep stories, and I've recently discovered Calm Music, which I have on a continuous loop at my practice, in counseling sessions, and in classes. I also love the Calm Masterclass videos, which cover some fantastic topics, including gratitude, happiness, and mindful eating. And not to mention all the great features the app now offers for kids, including sleep stories, meditations, and lullabies. I'm so very excited to be partnering with Calm to bring you, my listeners, some amazing offers. Calm is so generously offering the Mindful Life podcast listeners a free four-week subscription to the Calm Premium app. All you need to do is head to the following link, calm.com forward slash calm health trial. That's calm.com forward slash calm health trial. And just follow the prompts to enjoy your free four-week trial of Calm Premium. You'll be feeling calm, relaxed and at peace in no time. The Mindful Life podcast acknowledges the Wurundjeri people who are the traditional custodians of the land on which this podcast was recorded. We recognise their continuing connection to land, water and community and pay respect to their elders past, present and emerging. Hello and thanks for joining me for episode number one of the Mindful Life podcast. In today's episode, I explore what the Mindful Life podcast is all about and I share a few insights into my journey both personally and as a professional helper and what has led me towards leading a mindful life, including how this podcast came about. So I'm super excited to have you here for the very first ever episode of my new project, the Mindful Life podcast. 
and I'm really looking forward to sharing lots of my knowledge, insights and ideas, both personal and professional, around mindfulness, mindset and mental health. And I'll also be getting some special guests to come along and share their stories of recovery and resilience. And I'm working on getting other health professionals and modalities to come share their knowledge and skills and perhaps give a different perspective of mindfulness, mental health and well-being as a whole. So I thought I'd start with a little about me. I'm a wife and I'm a mum and I have two teenage daughters and I live in Melbourne, Australia. So for those not in Australia, Melbourne is the coastal capital of the southeastern Australian state of Victoria. And yes, I read that straight from Wikipedia. We are almost at the bottom of Australia, second only to Tasmania, which is a small island state at the very bottom of Australia. I'm a mental health worker with over 20 years experience working as a helper. I've worked in childcare, which was my first job out of school. And then I worked as a nanny, which is probably the most fun I've ever had working. And it was my first real experience of being part of a happy family as many of the families I worked for truly did treat me like family. And then after some study, combined later with having my babies, what followed was more study, and then many years of working in the human services field in a number of different sectors. So just bear with me as I rattle them off. It's an extensive list. So I started with disability, went on to youth work, drug and alcohol, acquired brain injury, problem gambling, I did a couple of years in community health. I did a couple of years in clinical mental health, uh, both with children and then some years later with adults. Uh, I worked with child protection, juvenile justice. Uh, I did some time on a suicide prevention program. I was part of a parenting program. And I also spent around three years providing support, counseling and assessment on a number of uh, telephone support lines, a couple of them quite well known. So in hindsight, as I catalogue all my work experience, it would seem I was trying to traverse the entire human services sector. Uh, the only thing I think I left out was aged care. So finally, fast forward to where I'm at now. For the last almost eight years, I've had my own mental health counselling practice where I have historically worked one-on-one uh, -on -one with clients. And I'm also a hypnobirthing childbirth educator. So I provide uh, childbirth education classes to pregnant women, uh, teaching them how to have a calm, safe and empowered birth experience. And just this year, I've begun running mindfulness groups and courses for adults and children. So I guess you could say in my 20 plus years working as a helper in the helping profession, I've learned a lot, I've gained some knowledge and I've developed some insights and I probably should briefly touch on the fact that I've also, um, I also have a lived experience of childhood trauma and I live with a mental illness, I have anxiety uh, and I along with my young family survived Australia's worst natural disaster, Black Saturday uh, around 10 years ago. And there'll be more about my personal experiences um, of trauma and mental health in upcoming podcasts. So naturally, all of my experiences, both personal and professional, will make for some colourful tales and insights as we go along. So stay tuned. So as I continued to traverse the human services field over the years, I became unfortunately quite jaded and burnt out. 
whilst I loved my work it most certainly did wear me down and sometimes the support I needed working on the ground wasn't there and sometimes even with the good support uh, the work was incredibly tough and so often what makes you so good at what you do having empathy compassion being able to feel can really be your downfall and it can most certainly wear you down uh, it therefore became vital that I looked after myself, but it took me many years to realise the importance of self-care and to really understand why it was so important to look after myself first and foremost. Exercise became really important for me, particularly after living through the King Lake fires. And around this time, I discovered running uh, and then I became a bit obsessed with the gym. I moved on to CrossFit. Um, I enjoyed obstacle racing and endurance events, which all became in many ways my therapy and something wonderful that I could share with friends and with the communities that surrounded these sports and, of course, my husband. But in recent times, um, I started to realise that um, whilst the training felt good, it improved my, my mood that it didn't help um, my inner self, it didn't work on my mindset. I was prone to negative thoughts and negative self-talk, constant worry, um, and my painful past was always so close to the surface. And I feel that my painful past um, was largely responsible for my current negative mindset. Quite ironic, really, as a mental health worker, um, coming here daily to help my clients with their mental health and well-being I felt like a bit of a fraud I couldn't even get my own mindset and mental health in order so enter mindfulness around four years ago through my work the usual reading and keeping abreast um, of what was happening in my field of practice I began to develop an interest in this idea of living in the present moment and being fully aware of the here and the now and most importantly letting go of the past I didn't know a lot about it um, and for the next few years, mindfulness came and went and came and went. In theory, I wanted to live my life that way. I wanted to practice mindfulness personally and professionally, but things just seemed to get in the way. I think it was my mind that got in the way. And in hindsight, three or four years ago, when I first discovered mindfulness, I think it was also my ego that got in the way and I really wasn't ready. And then around two years ago, after a personal upheaval of sorts um, and a bit of a crisis where I was almost at rock bottom, I was having a hard time at work and a hard time in my personal life, I was fortunate enough to attend two weekends of talks and tours at a local Buddhist temple near my home in King Lake. This beautiful golden temple, which was generally not open to the public, was to be opened exclusively for two weekends and visiting Tibetan uh, Buddhist monk Kempo, who had come from his temple in New South Wales, would be running some tours and giving some Dharma talks. So I went along both weekends and I learnt so much. Kempo's friend, a Chinese Buddhist, had commenced building the temple in King Lake well over 10 years ago. And remarkably, it took him 10 years to build the beautiful masterpiece unfortunately at the expense of his marriage and his health he died before the temple was complete so it was a, a really sad and heartwarming story and what followed was some amazing teachings on buddhism and of course mindfulness and i learned that mindfulness had been around for nearly three thousand years and of course had its origins in buddhism 
Kempo taught us all about the ego, attachment, resistance versus acceptance, suffering, forgiveness, compassion and kindness and gratitude and of course letting go and he also took us through some beautiful uh, meditations. I felt that this amazing man in his burgundy robes was speaking to me. Every word he spoke resonated on a personal level with me. So I went home and I began to read anything and everything I could get my hands on relating to Buddhist psychology. Kempo was really clear that Buddhism need not be viewed as a religion, that it's a science. And I really quickly learnt it was Buddhist psychology that appealed to me. I felt my world was about to change. I started to feel free of the chains that bound me. It was like someone had really turned a light switch on and I began to see more clearly. So a few months later, I attended a silent mindfulness retreat at Kempo's Temple in New South Wales. This was both an incredible and a frightening experience. And I say frightening because uh, it was the first time I'd really been exposed to long periods of meditation and we were expected to meditate for, I think it was around four hours a day. And it was my first retreat experience as well. So safe to say I got to know my inner self very well during that seven days of silence, meditation and reflection. And I'll talk more about this retreat in an upcoming podcast because it really was quite life-changing. So let's just say uh, it was a transformation. Um, over the seven days and that my interest and passion for Buddhism grew deeper. So over the next two years, my mindset continued to change and improve. Um, I continued my, my Buddhist readings um, and learnings. I attended lots of Buddhist um, courses and talks and workshops um, on both Buddhism and mindfulness. And I began to inject these ideas and ways of thinking into my work. And I endeavored to live a life of gratitude kindness compassion forgiveness and I think most importantly I began to consciously truly let go of resentments past pain and past hurts and of course my well-being began to then improve and my life became more abundant I just became a more positive person and just this year when my business was undergoing a transformation, no surprises of course there really as uh, I was undergoing a transformation so of course my business was going to as well, that's how the universe works, I felt a calling and a pull to begin to really share my mindfulness journey on a deeper level. So using my own experience and of course my knowledge, I began to write and I wrote with the intention of designing and putting together some easy to understand mindfulness and mindset courses and programs. So first up was Kids Mindfulness. Um, I used my, my knowledge and my experience of children's mental health um, along with my passion and interest uh, for Buddhism meditation and I wrote up a program specifically for kids to teach them how to self-soothe and self-manage stress and that was followed by the adults introduction to mindfulness course uh, and that was a combination of uh, mindfulness teachings from a Buddhist perspective mindfulness um, sorry mindset education and a little bit of meditation as well so as I wrote these courses up, I was quite astounded to 
discover what come out. Uh, clearly the knowledge was there after completing numerous cognitive behavioural therapy courses and more recently my studies in mindfulness and Buddhism. I clearly had absorbed a lot. I knew a lot of stuff um, and I just began to feel compelled to share my knowledge and thinking. Um, I thought that if it's helped me, it might help others. And so the journey of educating began and it continues today. And to my delight, um, I built it and the people came and they're embracing the messages and they're seeing the positive changes and that's pretty exciting. So I feel this work is really valuable um, and it's begun to transform my life. I think teaching in itself can be pretty powerful. We learn a lot uh, when we teach others. And I feel that I'm working more or less upstream now um, and that's really enriching rather than pulling the drowning people out and resuscitating them. I'm by and large teaching them to swim. Of course, I'm still doing my one-on-one -on -one work, but there's now a balance and I no longer feel like I'm drowning or being suffocated by the really hard stuff. Because a lot of the work, a lot of this one-on-one -on -one work is really hard and it's really draining. So fast forward to now, the end of 2018. So then the idea of the podcast was born. I'm very goal-oriented and... Um, achievement driven I like to uh, set goals and work towards them uh, I love listening to podcasts and I feel there's many podcasts that have helped me with my own mental health and secretly it's always been a dream to put together a podcast so encouraged by a friend and a couple of clients I thought why not I love this idea of sharing what I know I love to raise the collective consciousness this is something I've been passionate about since learning about the idea of collective consciousness in uh, sociology at university many moons ago. Uh, the term was introduced to me uh, in sociology by the French sociologist Emile Durkheim in his works, The Division of Labour in Society in 1893. And collective consciousness basically translates to a set of shared beliefs, ideas and moral attitudes which operate as a unifying force within society. So for me, a podcast is just another opportunity to educate and raise that collective consciousness on a bigger scale. Of course, I get that not everyone is interested or inspired by what I have to share or what I have to say. And this stuff may not resonate with everyone, but even if what I know, what I have to share helps or increases awareness for a handful of people, I really feel like my job's been done. So there you have it. That's me in around 15 minutes. There's lots more to tell and explore with you, my audience, and I look forward to sharing uh, many more insights, many more stories in upcoming episodes. So in the words of the beautiful Rumi, let go of your cup of yesterday so you may drink the glory of this moment. Thanks so much for listening today. May you have peace in your thoughts and your hearts and share it with others. If for any reason you have found the content of today's podcast triggering or distressing in any way, please consider accessing some professional support. Australian mental health telephone support numbers are listed in the show notes. You've been listening to the Mindful Life podcast with your host, Marianne Eve,
mental health social worker and mindfulness educator. If you'd like further information or you'd like to connect, feel free to make contact via Facebook or Instagram under the handle Mindful Life Podcast or via email mindfullifepodcast at gmail.com.